The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the U.S. and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. One of the most important things we do on this radio show and at cancer support communities across the nation is to talk about ways to live well with cancer. Uh, today we're going to hear the inspiring story of the actor Andy Whitfield and his wife Ashti, who did just that. That journey is the subject of Be Here Now, a documentary film currently in production. Andy became an international star in 2009 when he was cast in the lead role in the hit television show Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Playing gladiator Spartacus was grueling work requiring hours of training to develop his body into the chiseled, muscular frame of a warrior. Towards the end of the first season, he began to suffer backaches, but attributed the pain to his uh, training. After sports physicians could not diagnose the problem, Andy had a full body scan, which led to his being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Andy underwent six sessions of chemotherapy. A scan showed that the cancer had gone. But in uh, September of 2010, Andy had a routine medical ahead of filming the second season of Spartacus. Uh, a small inflamed lymph node was discovered in his abdominal area, and then a biopsy confirmed that the cancer was back. Uh, Andy passed away last September after an 18-month-long battle. Throughout their marriage, Vasti and Andy used their combined determination to turn their dreams into realities. And, and facing the cancer diagnosis, they got matching tattoos, which read, Be Here Now. And so while the film intimately chronicles their inspiring cancer journey, it also teaches us about going for your dreams, embracing each moment, and fearlessly living in the here and the now, despite the potential outcome. So we're so honored uh, with us today uh, to talk about uh, the film where Andy's wife, Vashti Whitfield, who is joining us from Sydney, Australia, and Lilibet Foster, the film's director uh, and producer. Vashti is a coach, a facilitator, and author of the blog, Maybe... McQueen, which we're going to encourage you guys to check out because it's a, it's a great and inspiring blog. Vashti has been, in her own words, a clandestine wannabe writer uh, for nearly uh, 11 years, and she's here to talk with us today. Welcome, Vashti. Good. good. I, would, I want to say good morning because it's very early for me, but I just say hi, guys. <laughs> like you said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, uh, yeah. depending on your time zone. Uh, Lilibet Foster is an Academy Award-nominated filmmaker and multiple award-winning director, producer, and writer feature documentaries, television programs, and integrated brand 
campaigns. Her work includes directing and producing shows for major broadcasters, including HBO, Discovery, ESPN, uh, A&E, as well as directing integrated media campaigns for brands such as Sony, Apple, and Nike. She's also directed segments for Stand Up to Cancer. Lilibet, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Well, we have a lot to uh, to talk about, ladies. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to start with you, Vashti. So, Be Here Now is the film's name, but the, also the maxim by which you live. Um, was it difficult to hold on to, to this idea, your guiding idea, in light of, of, of Andy's cancer diagnosis? Look, it's a really interesting question. The way that Andy and I have always lived before children, when we first met, having small babies and, you know, tearing your hair out, trying to juggle life and work and everything, it didn't really change when the diagnosis came in. It was kind of one of those things where we looked at each other after the shock and, and said, look, if you ask for an extraordinary life, this is what you get. You know, you get, you don't necessarily just get Hollywood, you get cancer because there's somewhere in here is a journey to be had. And as Andy says at the beginning of the documentary, you know, we kind of knew in all the craziness that we were supposed to be here now in this situation. And that, and however tough it is, there was, there was something to, to be gained from it. And I still very much feel that way, even, you know, even in the tough times. You know, Vasti, we certainly know in, in, in our world that, a lot of celebrities, you know, hide their cancer diagnosis uh, uh, from the public, and we've heard folks say that they had a cancer diagnosis for years. Um, you know, we, we certainly also work with other folks who share it, but certainly if you go as far as you and Andy did by inviting a camera to follow you around uh, 24-7, what, what led you guys to that decision? Look, it was majorly led by Andy initially. Um, when he got diagnosed, he, he was very much of the thinking of like, I've been gifted to have this breakthrough in my vocation and career. And now I have this extraordinary circumstances, which is being diagnosed with cancer. So there is something to be learned. And with both of us, we've always been of the thinking of if you share what's going on for you, not only with each other as a couple, but with your friends and then with a greater community, then there's always insight to be had and one of the guiding factors if you like in in me supporting Andy and Andy forging forward in this career in the world of the entertainment industry which can be extraordinarily fickle was when you get to a certain platform you have an audience where you can be influential in making a difference so to be sort of halfway there and have this, have, have this huge breakthrough and then be diagnosed it was kind of obvious that it was something that needed to be shared because somewhere along the way, other people could benefit from the challenge of the journey and, and you know, some of the softer bits as well. So, so a little bit, what, what was it like for you kind of walking into such an intense, emotional, you know, kind of personal thing, personal environment, you know, filming uh, a family's most intimate moments? Was that kind of a, a new, new kind of work or experience for you? Well, you know, it's interesting because, first of all, to know Vashti and Andy is, I would never ever use the word awkward. They're very remarkable, amazing people. And I always felt sort of from the very first phone call that I had with them, this incredible kinmanship, I guess. And what happened in that first phone call was we started talking and um, I asked Andy where he was from. And he said that he was from a really small island off of northern Wales in a really small town, and I probably wouldn't know the name of it. 
And I started thinking, wait a minute, my father's from a really small town on a really small island off of northern Wales. And it turned out that Andy is from the same town where my father grew up. You have um, got to be kidding me. No, and I mean, Bosch <laughs> can speak to this as well. I think I got tingly and I felt like, I think this is meant to be. Yeah. We're meant to be here. Yeah. I just wanted to add as well, you know, there's something very cathartic. When you are living with cancer or going through that process, there is a tendency to want to stay private, you know, and, yeah. and particularly as a man to want to try and deal with it yourself. But the reality is, is that when you actually, as with anyone, when you open your mouth and start to communicate, something about the anxiety of it or the fear of it starts to dissipate. So having this third person involved in that journey who was so transparent and, and you know, kind of, you know, floated around us, never was an opposing object in front of us, was actually extraordinarily supportive and was, you know, a, a very much a guiding light in kind of helping us get clear on a day-to-day -day basis around where we are at and how we wanted to kind of approach our day. So was the reality of actually having cameras there, was it different from what you expected, uh, you know, what, what you kind of imagined in your mind what it would be like and what it was actually like? I mean, you so you talk about the fact that it, there was almost a, a therapeutic quality to it was that perhaps you didn't, you know, uh, anticipate. Is that, uh, were, there, were there other aspects to it that were surprising to you? Look, you, you had to be really clear about the people you had with you, right? So in terms of the cameraman, Lilibet was really diligent in doing the first tier of interviewing. And then I personally would interview who was going to be working with us to make sure that they were, had the capacity, A, to not get really sad when sad stuff was happening, you know, when it was right. getting intense. You couldn't really have... You know, when you were going through something to have a cameraman kind of crying or passing judgment on what you just said or done, like, hey, that was really great, guys. It's like, no, that wasn't great. This is my mm -hmm. life. Please don't comment on it. So it was a really, really key factor, handpicking who was able to go through that journey with you alongside Lily, but who was, you know, mainly in the States throughout the whole process. And, and, and yes, yeah, go ahead, Lily. The other very important thing I think to add here is that following Andy and Vashti, they're very, they're, I mean, the film is not going to be a very sad film, actually. It, I mean, it has a very, we're, the story that I followed is obviously their journey, but there's, there's a lot of humor in it and they have an amazing love for one another. And they had these beautiful two children and we were able to capture all these amazing moments with them that are as big a part of the story as the journey um, with cancer. And so, um, you know, it wasn't that every single day was intense or heavily emotional. It's a journey just like any of life's journey. And that's what's so amazing about Andy and Vashti and their story is that it's so alive and um, accessible and, I don't know, it gives you a real feeling of life's full journey and its fullness. And I just, I just wanted to add to that as well because I have a really inappropriate sense of humor that comes up at the worst times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having a cameraman there as well or, you know, filming, you know, where you'd be these, in these really intense situations in a chemo ward or something like that and you've got me being my normal self, goofing around with poor Andy having his electric bed, putting up and down and up and down and up and down, which you'll see about 50 times probably in the documentary because I thought it was hugely hilarious. And so <laughs> that whole... That
that whole thing of sharing all of that with someone just makes it makes it so much more joyful, you know, to being able to actually know that other people were going to also see that it's it isn't all sad. You carry on as usual and you still yeah. have if you if you have that focus and commitment, you still have the same inappropriate humor yeah. going on yeah. all the way through that. Yeah, we're 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 um we're going to our break here, ladies. But Vashti, what what you're saying is so true. I mean, I I've heard many of our you know kind of therapists and support group leaders at the cancer support community say, um, the person who you are is the person you will be with cancer. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if you're a warrior, you're going to be a warrior with cancer. If you're a jokester, you're going to be a jokester with cancer. That 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 you know, cancer doesn't change the core of who you are and and what those personality traits are. And you're going to you know pull those elements forward in in terms of facing uh, a, a facing a cancer diagnosis. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today with Busty Whitfield and Lilibet Foster about the film that is in development called Be Here Now. Uh, about uh, the battle of Andy Whitfield facing cancer. We've got a lot uh, to cover today digging into this film. We want to learn more about uh, Vashti and Andy and their life and their family and their travels and, and, uh, and the making of this uh, uh, important film. And we want to get some insight into when we're all going to be able to see, uh, to see this piece of work. So this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Uh, don't go away. We're just going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and ten meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Celgene and Azai. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Today we're talking about Be Here Now, a new documentary film currently in production which chronicles the cancer journey of actor Andy Whitfield and his wife Vashti and inspires all of us to live life fearlessly. Andy is best known for his portrayal of Spartacus in the smash hit TV series of the same name. Uh, I invite you to visit the, 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 the website of this documentary film, www.beherenowfilm.com. We're going to be talking a lot more about it on the show today. Um, but I also want to encourage you to visit Vashti's blog at www.maybemcqueen.com, and we're going to ask her a little bit about uh, the blog and what inspired that. Uh, we've got Vashti Whitfield with us on the show today and Lilibet Foster, the film's director and producer. Um, I'd like to run a short clip from the film uh, where we hear Vashti and Andy talk about uh, being cast in what would be uh, Andy's breakout role uh, in Spartacus. So take a listen to that. We have a way in our lives and worlds where if we really focus on something and we really want to make something happen, we put absolutely everything into it. Mm. Why are you here? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, this, is, um, this is real. That's real sweat. Um, this is a gladiator boot camp. I started yesterday and my buttocks are killing me. It was literally, you know, on the cusp of Spartacus, nailing and getting Spartacus. And I remember that day I put a little note up facing out to the ocean saying, Andy is Spartacus. And there were notes everywhere, Andy is Spartacus, before he even got it. We made it happen. And that's how we rock. Even if it takes years, you know, we are capable of making extraordinary things happen. So we want to dig a little bit more uh, into the film and into the, into the project uh, today. I just, a little bit, I want to go back, learn a little bit more about you and your background and, and, and really how you and Vashti got connected and how you became involved in the project. I mean, I love, uh, you know, earlier in the show, you talking about that, that, that amazing kind of universe connection where, you found out that your father and Andy were from the same small island town off the coast of Wales. Um, but how did you guys get connected, and how did you become involved and interested in this project? Well, um, so I'm a you know a director and producer of feature documentaries, and that's what I'm mostly known for. Um, and Andy's manager, Sam Maydu, of the company The Collective in Los Angeles, um, I had done some work with him in the past and he knew of uh, my Academy Award nomination and he also knew that I had been connected with Stand Up to Cancer and directed segments for that show. So when um, Andy and Vashti you know, made the decision that they would like to um, follow their upcoming journey in a film and you know, it's important to note that Andy really felt it was really important to share the story because he also wanted to be helpful and inspiring to other people. Mm-hmm. So Sam said to me, you know, he told me um, what Andy and Vashti wanted to do and asked me if I would um, get on the phone and talk to them about it. And then that telephone call ensued. So I felt incredibly sort of like 
moved and inspired by what they wanted to do. And I really wanted to get involved. So I didn't really lead it so much as say that I want to be involved in the making of this. So you, you call the film a theatrical documentary. What does that mean? And, and what was it in the, what was it in the conversation that sparked you to think, you know, this is a story that, that should be told uh, as a film and, and I'm the one to do it? Well, you know, so theatrical documentary, you can look at that in two ways. It's, uh, it's a stylistic choice. It's also a distribution choice. And Andy really wanted this film to be cinematic. We all didn't feel as though we wanted it to feel like television. We wanted it to be a beautiful cinematic experience that was shot well and, you know, combines um, a lot of elements that would tell a story that you would watch in a movie theater. Um, and that's sort of a different, in, that's a different way to watch a film and that allows you to make a film differently because um, you have people's undivided attention. They're sitting in a dark room. Um, you're working with a very large screen. Um, and so that is a very specific stylistic choice that Andy was very interested in doing as well. Um, and, in t- and, you know, I really did, from that first kind of conversation, and the beginning of working with Andy and Vashti, I understood what they were doing because they're, they, as, although Andy was a celebrity by that point, um, they are incredibly accessible as people. And being in their world and in their lives, um, I felt that people could really relate to it. So ultimately, by telling this journey that they were about to go on, I felt that we really could... Um, make Andy's wishes come true, that this film would ultimately be very inspiring for other people going through what they were going through. But I also want to just highlight one other thing. You yes, rem- please. You have to remember that Andy and Vashti also made Andy become a celebrity happen, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So put this kind of approach into everything they do. Um, so this film, I thought, also has life lessons about going for your dreams and making the most of this you know, journey that we're on in every way, shape, and form. So it could be a film, not just for people going through the battle with cancer, but also pretty much anyone, because we all have a dream, and some of us are afraid to go for it. So their whole story is, in many ways, this beautiful life lesson for, you know, what to do with this one life you have. Yeah, you know, I think that's, I think that's a wonderful context, you know, that you're, that you're that you're putting this in, and, and um, again, it's you know it's so many of the kinds of conversations that I hear when I go to our support groups around the country about people's uh, you know about people's approach, or, or that that the things that they're the, the, the things that they're learning through connecting with others to cancer and talking about this experience are you know kind of lessons that they take and apply to, to, to the rest of their lives, you know, cancer aside, and and um, so I think that 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 context and what you're describing is. Um, you know, is is so important. I, I want to talk a little bit just for a minute about the um, you guys launched this Kickstarter campaign to generate awareness and 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 generate funding um, for the film. Can you just describe to our listeners what that is, what Kickstarter is, and um, you know what what was your goal when you guys set out to to launch that, and and what's been the response to that? Well, that's been amazing. I mean, what so Kickstarter is a crowdfunding campaign, and there's several of them on the web where. You know, creative people um, say, 
you know, I want to put out a new album or I want to make, you know, I want to finish, in our case, we wanted to finish this documentary. And you invite people to come help you do that by making pledges of various levels. It can be as low as $5 and as high as $10,000. And what we, the reason why we were kind of inspired to do it was that, um, so Vashti and Sam and myself, and Vashti can speak to this as well, is, you know, we knew that there was this very large community of people out there who were followers of Andy and really fell in love with him through Spartacus. And what we noticed was people were writing his name and then they were writing the word cancer and they would be in sentences and put on the internet on all sorts of things like Facebook and YouTube. And, you know, so there was a sense that they were expressing this emotion or desire and then it was kind of just going into the ethosphere. So we thought we tried to connect them to Andy's desire to do something to help other people and therefore they'd be helping other people by inviting them to help us get the film finished, which in the end of the day was what Andy wanted to do. And with that as our kind of like um, description on Kickstarter and the, the, the message we put out in the trailer, we, um, people really jumped on board. They really, you know, took to the call, I would say, and said, yeah, we want to be part of this. Can I just add something to that? Yeah, One please of the tell me, Rashida, yeah. One of the extraordinary things about something like the Kickstarter campaign was when you have a scenario as in Andy's journey, battle, and and then what I call his departure, you have this whole, you know, collective of people kind of left just jaw-droppingly shocked at what's taken place. And the wonderful thing about the Kickstarter campaign was it allowed people to go through a process of of their own in terms of kind of honoring their grief for losing this person, but also feeling through this loss they could connect with something greater and actually use it to make a difference and feel that they weren't kind of journeying alone in their loss. They were actually able to get together as a collective and champion something. and just watching this, you know, from the background for me was extraordinary because I saw all these people coming together and, and feeling this amazing sense that they had some greater contribution to the world. And I know this sounds, you know, kind of like a, almost like a lot of hot air, but I just saw these people that were coming from the middle of nowhere in middle of America, joining with a group, feeling like they could contribute to a cause where they could actually make some difference. And yeah. that had the connect even more to Andy and his journey with cancer and made it this incredibly positive thing as opposed to it being this negative thing, which I find is is heavily loaded around cancer. Because I really like to come from a place that, you know, there is always something fantastic to come out of it. And the Kickstarter campaign was just the best medium to turn this thing into something extraordinarily positive with a community attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. So what was the goal of the, when you, uh, we're, we're moving, uh, towards our break here, but what was the goal of the, uh, of, of the campaign? And, and, uh, so obviously there was an awareness goal, but from the fundraising standpoint, did you guys set a financial goal and, and where are you against that? Yeah, no, we set a financial goal and, um, I was talking to Vashti right before I was about to put the amount on it and she and I that day, we both said, okay, we're going to manifest it. Vashti leading this said to me, we're we're going to manifest this. And we decided to put it up and make it a little higher. (laughs) (laughs) But what we needed, we needed a certain amount to finish the film. You know, very generous people had 
put money in to get it started, get it rolling. And we had an amazing support structure because of the industry. But, you know, to actually have it out there, to have it edited and, and get it to a place which it's in the, in the making of at the moment, to have it ready to get out there, we needed funding. And right. it was the most extraordinary way to have everybody come together to fulfill Andy's legacy and get this piece of work. So we needed to reach a certain amount of money to even have the documentary edited to a place where we can get it out there. Yeah, and the thing about Kickstarter that's scary is you don't get the money unless you um, you reach your goal. So you are trying to decide if you should put the actual real amount you really need or if you should put the amount that you hope you can get to and it's yeah. just going to eat you there. And you have to be brave because it's very easy to, to um, you know, not get the money if you're even a dollar short. Yeah. So that's where I said at the we decided to go for the amount that we actually needed and just manifest that it was going to take place. Yeah, yeah. This is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking about the film Be Here Now. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, Visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Genentech and Morphotech. I'm Kim Thibaldo, and today I'm joined by Vashti Whitfield and Lilibet Foster. We're talking about a new documentary film called Be Here Now. The film chronicles the cancer journey of Vashti and her husband, Andy. It has a strong message for all people to go after their dreams and, and embrace each moment. I'm going to run a short a clip from the film in which Andy talks about what this film, Be Here Now, uh, means to him. So, so take a listen. In my heart, I am convinced that this is all meant to be. I'm supposed to be right here, right now. And I'm open to the journey and to the discoveries and to the adventure of all of this. Be Here Now is all about being present and not fearing what you don't know. Vashti, I know in, in, in some of your work and, and some of the things we've read, you, uh, you, you describe yourself as a, as a clandestine wannabe writer, uh, and now you have a blog that can be uh, read all over the world um, called Maybe McQueen. So what made you want to start writing and, and, and put this blog out there for the world? Um, when Andy passed away, I, I was kind of, as you would imagine, sort of left wondering where, where I fitted and how I moved through the next part of my life and how I kind of learned to be without Andy um, in the room, as it were, because I kind of describe it as if he's in the next room now. I can kind of get to him, but I can't quite get to him. Yeah. And I found writing for me was the best way to express how I was feeling. And it was kind of like I referenced earlier when we had the documentary being made, having this sort of third presence. It, it had an almost therapeutic a component for me. So writing and sitting down and actually speaking or expelling how I felt, not only felt like I was kind of sharing that with Andy in a crazy kind of a way, but it, by putting it out there, it just dissipated the intensity of all all of it and kind of brought more insight and I guess joy and, and my silly humor to it as well. So I started writing and, and just as Andy and I had always done, and certainly through wanting to put the documentary Be Here Now out there, I felt like if I'm going through this, other people are going through this too. So why not share it collectively? And it was a very big deal for me to put my misspelt, grammatically incorrect ramblings out there. But I thought, you know what? You get one life, so just go for it. And, and I started. I just started writing, and I tried to make it as beautiful as I could in my sense of style and aesthetic. And I put it out there and it was like a hot air balloon. It just rose up real fast and the feedback was just extraordinary. So what tell us about the name, Maybe McQueen? What does that mean? Well, I, I sat at my desk thinking, what am I going to call this? And it's all about Andy. You know, I started this for Andy. It was a homage to him and, and how he lived his life and we lived together. And, uh, you know, I thought you get one life. So maybe you can do this and maybe you can do that. Life's a collection of chapters, right? It's not about doing one thing. And Andy and I had always talked about what would be the role he would most love. And he, he most coveted playing the role of Steve McQueen, who mm. is, you know, 
one of those extraordinary old superstars, you know, that unless you were one of his wives, you kind of wanted to be him. He had that complexity, that darkness, that charisma, that kind of doing his own stunts, extraordinary, like a grainy black and white photo. And Andy would have loved to play Steve McQueen. So it's like, it's all about, you have this life, so what would you do with it? And, and for Andy, it was like, maybe I'd play Steve McQueen. And so that's maybe McQueen. You get one life. What do you want to do with it? Vasi, can you can you talk a little bit about your um, your children and what it was like going going through all of this with two young children, but also again just inserting this this film into that context. What it was what was it like for them being a part of this, and and what do you think this film means to them now, and will will mean to them as they as they grow up? Okay, that's a lot. So let's break that down. <laughs> it um, is a lot. So it is a lot. the first thing I'm going to speak into is what was it like going through this journey with two small children? When yeah. Andy was first diagnosed, my son Jesse Red, he was like, I guess, uh, you know, four, nearly five, just starting school. And we'd stayed in New Zealand because that's where we were originally filming the show, even though we were from. Sydney in Australia and my daughter Indigo was very little she was kind of like two and just over two and a half or something like that my, mm. my dates are a little out so excuse that yeah there was something about having two small children that grounded everything you know when he first got diagnosed and we decided to go through a very I guess gentle round of chemotherapy it actually gave us the opportunity to bond as a family and he'd been extraordinarily busy working to try and score the world of Spartacus and then went straight into very heavy filming schedules so it was this almost beautiful, extraordinary experience to just be at home. It was like a bubble. And so having these little children to kind of ground you in and make you very present to new life coming into the world and these new little eyes and how you needed to support that, I guess made the experience richer. You know, right. and we were we were very I guess gifted in that we were both able to be at home, you know, and neither of us working for that time and actually just have this very strong bonding time. And, and you know, the truth is, is that's where Andy got to know his daughter because she'd either been on one of my boobs or he'd been at work. And, and in that time, <laughs> got to know his daughter and and you know if, if we hadn't had that time I don't know if he'd ever gotten to know her like that so it was very grounding however on the other side of that and this is a really interesting thing linking to what you were speaking about before the break about you know you referenced who you are now is the same person you'll be when you have cancer yeah One of the things I really believe is that when you are diagnosed with cancer it not only has you be more of who you are but it actually highlights who you really are if you step mm. into your power. And having children meant that I wasn't as available to Andy as he was used to. You know, I was his right-hand man, basically, always through our relationship. And all yeah. of a sudden, I was not only having to support him, but actually having to let him support himself a whole lot more than he was used to because I had to really nurture these two little beings who didn't know what was going on and why their dad was suddenly disappearing for massive time, m amounts of time. And so I really want to highlight that one of the challenges, but also I guess one of the extraordinary components of having small children is that my husband had to stand up very much as a man alone for a moment without the, the strength of his wife or his family behind him and face it head on. And that just made him even more, I guess, vulnerable, extraordinary and powerful who, who, in who Andy was capable of being. 
So the other part of your uh, your big question in mm. terms of the dog industry and having little babies involved, we were very, very um, respectful of what was and wasn't appropriate in having the children mm. involved. So when you see in the documentary Andy and I being interviewed, the kids aren't there. You know, when mm-hmm. you see Andy sharing stuff, you know, the good stuff, the challenging stuff, the complex stuff, the hospital stuff, most of the time our little ones aren't there. But you'll see lots of really juicy, beautiful family time where we're just getting on with life as normal or as, you know, whatever normal means. And that was gorgeous for the kids. And they loved it. You know, they, they're used to being around cameras, so they'd kind of run up and grab the cameraman's leg and Jesse would be telling his crazy <laughs> And it was actually really lovely for them because it kind of gave context to certain things. It was it was a novelty factor, if you like. I really want to highlight we never used the cameras in an appropriate time with the kids. It was completely respectful to it being, if you like, a learning process for them as opposed to an invasive one. Do you envision, do you, do you think in your mind, do you envision the kids watching this when they're, when they're 10, when they're 15, when they're 20, when... They have children. Do you? How does this kind of, you know, kind of play into that for you? I see this being something that they watch when they're older, and I see it being very much about them watching the fundamental beliefs and values of their parents and and their father in how to journey through life. You know, I feel that they will be able to watch this and be moved and inspired to step into their own powers as, as kids and individuals and young adults and parents themselves to go, you know, this is life and this is how I can approach it. And, and one of my reasons for so passionately wanting to put Andy's legacy out there is that there is this piece of film that not only my kids but other people can reference and go, you know, I can do this. I can get through this and I can live this extraordinary life, whatever the scenario. Is the, is the kid, we're, we're getting towards our break here, Vashti, but is the... Is the, is the can- does the cancer become secondary in all of this? I mean, is it, I, I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm just getting this theme from you about how to live, how to approach life, how to, you know, cancer was something that came, came to you, but regardless of what it was that came to you, you guys had, had this way of living and these, you know, guiding principles that were kind of carrying you through. Look, one of my gorgeous friends who lost her mother to cancer, when we were first diagnosed and you do that initial shock factor, you know, where you feel like the rug's been pulled out and you kind of fall backwards into an icy cold pool and you're like, oh, what does this mean? She said, guys, get some perspective. It's just cancer. Cancer yeah. can mean anything. Don't make it mean this one finite thing. And that's always resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to look at it as a situation in its entirety, you know, it could be a cancer, it could be a car accident, it could be, um, you know, something to do with a pregnancy that went wrong. It could be all those things right. that are labeled as bad or sad or whatever. I think if you can have the ability to be above that, you know, if there's ups and downs, I get that. But if you can look at it and go, this is my life, this is the situation, yeah. what can I do with this? How can I be in this? And, and there you find the juicy stuff. That's what yeah. it is for me. It's about looking at it in its entirety during cancer, post-cancer, surviving it, not surviving it, and looking at yeah. what is there to be had from this when you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're on your ass and trying to breathe just to get through the day. But then all of a sudden you find your breath, you get up and you go, what can I do with this and who can yeah. I be? This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to be right back. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Millennium and Amgen. I'm Kim Tebaldo. We're talking about a documentary film currently in production called Be Here Now. I've uh, got two amazing guests with us today, Vashti Whitfield and, and Lilibet Foster. Um, Vashti, I, we're, we're, we're running out of time here, which is making me a little bit sad because I have so much more I want to talk to you guys about. But I just want to go back, Vashti, for a minute to your, uh, to your blog which is mabymcqueen.com, which which I completely love, by the way. Um, but you include this beautiful photography, graphics, other visual details, um, uh, you know, in in your posts and and uh, these these great quotes. And uh, one of the quotes I love is, "Wise men talk because they have something to say; fools because they have to say something." Um, but I, I, I was struck by something else you wrote in, in your September fifteenth post. 
Um, and I'm, I'm reading directly here, quoting from your blog. It has been one crazy ride so far. When I look out into the community forming, I see a common thread of high-level intellectuals, cheeky boys, mad hatters, no offense intended, frustrated mummies, lost lovers, and, and so many of us just wanting to live a life that is deeply meaningful and one that makes uh, a hell of a read as a, uh, uh, a heavy-set book sitting on the bedside table. Um, when I read that, it just, it just echoes so much of what we talk about and, and, and teach and learn, at the, at, you know, at the cancer support community. But can you, can you comment on that entry? Can you comment on the, the, the idea of this, this community of, uh, of forming and, and, and what, what that has meant for you? Look, I, I, something extraordinary happened with starting the blog for me and being a life coach so I started to, to see this collective of people that were drawn to my life and, and Andy's story because they suddenly saw that this person who had been given this opportunity, this almost kind of fairy tale, you know, coming to Hollywood at nearly 40 and making it, and then to everyone's horror and surprise, getting cancer and not only getting cancer, dying, to actually see this partner and love affair and woman come out of it and go, you know, the kind of the worst thing happened, right? My, my best friend and my lover and my husband and the father of my children, he died. But there's still this life to be had. And, and more than that, he isn't here. He didn't have the chance to live it. So I got to live it twice as much and hard and, and go for it. Okay. And so yeah. from, I got suddenly this sense of community of people going, you know, and let's be clear about this. I've had a very lucky, beautiful life and continue to have one. People have been through and continue to go through so much more traumatic, challenging lives than the one I live. I, I really honor that and want people to, to know that I get that. But somehow people were able to relate to Andy's and my story. And the fact that I stood up and went, okay, here's life. There's still one to be lived. What are we going to do with that? Mm -hmm. Echoed resonated with people who had either been through that or were going through that or who were living this life that are so fearful about everything. Like, am I going to be successful? Is this going to work? Will I ever find a boyfriend? Will, 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 what if, what if, what if, what if? Having somebody who, who would have something happen in their life, like losing their partner and still getting back up, has inspired people for one reason or another. And yeah. that has collected this extraordinary community of people that need each other now and thrive of each other and read and visit the blogs because it gives them, A, the inspiration without being too hard and a kick up the ass to say, come on, guys, get on with it. You've got this life. And if I can share on the days that it is hard and bad and sad, that I can still find somewhere in me the capacity to roll up my sleeves and go, what am I going to do to honor my husband, my life, and my children? Mm. It somehow inspires other people to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, 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 we're getting to the end of our show, and I know our listeners are going to want to know, you know, where and when can they see this, this film, Lilibet? Can you tell us the... The status of the film and, and um, you know, what the schedule is and where and, and how we might we might see it. I know we've got, you know, 57 centers across the country and a lot of people in our community who are going to want to see this and, and, and be a part of it in some way. So can you tell us about the, about the status of things? Yes. Um, so we are in the process of editing the film at the moment. I have a little bit more filming to do. Um, but mostly what we're doing right now is editing the film. I've got an amazing editor working with me, and we are slogging away, as they say. Um, mm -hmm. But 
goal is to be um, finish the film in the spring or fall of next year, um, and that's when you, the audience will be hearing about it more. Um, we do have quite a large audience that's already quite tuned into our every move, um, and we put constant updates on Facebook and Twitter on our website. People can sign up to get um, you know updates sent from us periodically. So, um, yeah, it's called BeHereNowFilm.com, you just mentioned. And, you know, we're trying to really stay in touch with, I'm trying to stay in touch with the community that have that came out for Kickstarter and is still building constantly because it's been a really amazing thing to be in touch with this audience while making a film, which is ver not very often the case. Um, so, you know, yeah. we're looking at film. You know, one thing I wanted to mention, too, is that, when you make a film like this and you are following, for someone like myself, and I'm following Fashti and Andy's life as it takes place, there's a really important element to all that, and that is that they trust me and that I'm trustworthy. So throughout this whole process, I've worked very closely with them to, you know, through everything that's about to come up and where shall we have the camera and, you know, what, how are you feeling about filming all along the way? And... With that trust in mind, we've taken that also into the editing of the film. Um, and, you know, again, like we're very much trying to be extremely true to the story that unfolded um, to the audience and to Vashti and Andy. Um, so this film will be very inspiring. And what we're hoping to do is really bring out that inspiring element mm. of the story so that when you finish watching the film, what you want to do is get up and do something that you've never, you've always wanted to do, but you've always been afraid to do. And that's one of our biggest goals with the film. Can I just add something to that? When we did the Kickstarter campaign and everybody collectively, generously donated, you know, extraordinarily, I think everyone kind of thought once they'd put all of their donations in, there'd just be this ready-made film at the end of it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I just want to highlight that, you know, the process of filmmaking, although it's completely out of my hands, in the you know very capable creative hands of Lilibert and and her editors, is that it takes time. So I'm I just want to put it out there: be patient. Don't feel like this project has dis disappeared. Yeah. It's there. It's being worked on extraordinarily hard by a great team of people led by Lilibert. And just to be patient, because as, as Lilibert's highlighted, it, the craftsmanship really comes in now in terms of weaving the story together. So yeah. it, it really shares the legacy. That the story is supposed to to tell. So be patient; it will be there. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I, I yes, it. please. <laughs> say it again. I'm sorry. I was just going to say we're about we're just sending out all these amazing bracelets that all the people that pledged to us via Kickstarter are receiving as their reward, and we're so excited. Um, just to echo what Vashi just said. And it was such an important part of this film has been this community of people that came forward and helped us make it. And I'm not going to give anything away, but we're really going to try to honor them with the film and the website when we put the film out because that's been extremely important to us. And one of the biggest things is how many people have shared their stories with us. Yes. So we encourage that to continue on Maybe McQueen and Be Here Now, film.com, because those stories are extremely meaningful to us. So we encourage that.
And, and if aliens came to Earth, I think they'd think they'd think to themselves, what is this strange branding that the human beings have taken on? Because there are now so many people walking around with Be Here Now tattoos all over their body. It is absolutely hilarious. I think, you know, literally every 48 hours I get some random Facebook or email saying, hope you just, I hope I'm not interrupting you. I just wanted to show you this. So I have these pictures of body parts that if everyone ever looked at my computer, they would really question me as a person. <laughs> That's great. It's great. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's an amazing story and an, an extraordinary effort. And, and um, I just want to thank both of you for co- coming on the show today, telling us about Be Here Now and its inspiring message to to really dream big, live fearlessly, and and, and not waste a, a, a single moment. And I know that our uh, that our listeners enjoyed. Uh, hearing from you uh, today, and I imagine you're going to hear from some of our listeners uh, after the show today, but uh, I do encourage folks to, to check out BeHereNowFilm.com, to read uh, Vashti's weekly blogs, go to go to uh, www.MaybeMcQueen.com. Um, it's, it's really been our pleasure to have you on the show. I want to thank folks for listening into Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Uh, today, I'm Kim Tebaldo from the Cancer Support Community. Um, just want to mention we've got uh, more than 50 centers around the country where we provide support groups, education, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction for, for people with all cancers at all stage of disease and for their family members and, and the loved ones. We've got programs online at cancersupportcommunity.org or you can call us on our toll-free line at 888 793 9355 if you want to talk to our, one of our wonderful uh, uh, counselors uh, about your uh, cancer journey and how we can help you get connected uh, to the support and, and, and the communities and the resources that you need to, um, uh, to navigate cancer, whatever that may bring to you. So thanks for listening today. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.